You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. Sean is out of town. He's in Florida. Um, But we're out here in the woods. Heck yeah, we are. Uh, This is put on by the good people over at Lander. Uh, They're the sponsors of this episode. They just dropped their new Boulder Smart Lantern. Uh, this thing is dope. Their smart lantern uh, can last for up to 300 hours, uh, has a few charging ports. If you have a, the mag charging on a, your iPhone or your smartphone, it can uh, charge that as well. Super sick. Waterproof, dustproof. It's power where you want it, when you need it. Anyway, these things are sick. So if you want to check them out, go to lander.com. Use promo code 3AMPOD. You get 25% off lander products that's so sick so once again lander.com promo code 3am pod for 25 percent off these are honestly so dope like uh i'm always in a market for better outdoor gear and especially like lights yeah that's honestly the biggest hole in my like artillery right now we went on a camping trip to jackson recently and we sat there in the dark like idiots for like two days straight <laughs> and i was like why don't we have a lantern <laughs> i was like we have everything else yeah the lighting uh the light that it puts out is impressive you can change it like i said with the app you can change the different colors of it and uh it's a really smooth like ambient light too it's not it can blind you if you want but uh <laughs> it doesn't have we to. we don't suggest you do that yeah yeah it's the right amount of lighting for any outdoor situation or indoor but yeah yeah. so big big shout out to lander uh we appreciate you guys uh honestly i'm so excited about lander and them sponsoring the podcast we've talked about this for so long just the eventuality of getting a sponsor and like who we wanted to get and we've always really wanted utah based and outdoor Mm -hmm. just because we felt like that's something we could get behind that's something that represents us well and so the way that this came about was super organic and we couldn't be happier and uh, for the hardcore 3 a.m. listeners out there, you'll remember, like, our very first adventures as 3 a.m. was out in almost these exact woods. We're in the same canyon right now. Mm-hmm. That's we like where exploring. it all started. Yeah, where we went at 1, 2 in the morning, cold of winter, parked deep in the mountains where we, we couldn't go no more. Like, the gates were closed. <laughs> we couldn't go further up the mountains. So we parked there and we hiked deeper into the mountains, tried to find the darkest part in the trail and that's where we started sharing stories like yeah uh before we continue shout out kevin kevin's here with us Ew. <laughs> and the lander crew's with us and so is mal but yeah, sweet it's a good time we got the fire going right here we got some hot chocolate and we're about to tell some spooky stories in the woods because it is halloween season yes yes dude first what did you do today 
thought about Brian Laundry. Oh. Did you hear about that? I did. I tried not to look, but you know how it is. Yeah, Brian Laundry, after what, a month now? Month and a half? Mm -hmm. They found his uh, skeletal remains. Dude, so many questions. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently. He's just a mummy out there all of a sudden? Yeah, I don't know why he's skeletal remains. It's only been a month. You know? Does it happen that fast? I don't know. Do we know a CSI person not who could na- tell us? Not naturally. Uh, apparently, it was found in like a bog that was previously flooded, and that's why it took them so long. So over the past month, the flood, flood water receded, and they found his bones. Um, it feels kind of shady. Dude. The... <laughs> One percent conspiracy theorist in me feels like it's set up, but oh, I don't know. The ninety-nine percent conspiracy theory in me <laughs> is like, no, for sure, something's going down. <laughs> so is that all we know? And they're not like we're not going to get closure on this thing, huh? I mean, that's all we have now. I mean, maybe they'll come out with more information, but they identified him through his uh, through his teeth, like his dental records. Mm. So, have you heard any of the conspiracy theories that are out there? No, but I can. Uh, I can already think of a of a few i i don't want to get into it now but uh we'll see if more info comes out that's that's the only concrete thing we have crazy dude first of all i woke up at like 4 a.m this morning tight uh no reason i just immediately wake up in my bed and i cannot go back to sleep so uh what did i do i took out my phone and went down several rabbit holes (laughs) and tonight i wanted to ask do you know the origins of halloween no. Yeah, give me a guess. Like, gun to your head, and I was like, dude, tell me what you, where you think Halloween started. What would the, what story would you tell? Like a Halloween? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. All Hallows Eve? Who's Hallow? You Who's Hallowed? Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, oh, where, which continent do you think it came from? Europe. Isn't it pagan? Okay. No, see, you know more than you did. Okay. okay. What I will say is... I just I, teach you everything yeah, about Halloween. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> uh, I watched so many different videos on it. And so the research I'm about to relay to you was done at 4 a.m. <laughs> and so none of it's credible. So don't listen to me. But it's widely disputed, like the origins. Um, from what I gathered, it started in like northern Scotland area with the Celts. And the Celts are a super interesting group of people. Some say it started 2,000 years ago. Others say there's evidence that it was 5,000 years ago. Hmm. Um, the Celts at one point were like, they, they had this super expansive like, um, territory they took over. Like all the way down to Spain, way over to like almost like northern India and stuff like that. Hmm. Like way bigger than I thought. Um, their tradition and their histories passed down orally. So everything we know about their practices and whatnot is through archaeology and whatever like Europeans wrote down about them. So it's like the enemy pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is what they did. So take it all with a grain of salt. But a lot of the different theories were the Celts had a calendar that was split into four sections. And it was all based off seasons. There was okay. two sections of light and two sections of dark. Light. Wow. <laughs> land or light, everyone. Land, yeah, two <laughs> sections of land or light. And then two sections of not land or light. Yeah. Uh, so they had a ritual. It was a three-day ritual. And it signified, like, the end of harvest and the beginning of, like, the cat, 
<laughs> Dude, I thought so. that was a rock. <laughs> I thought someone just threw a rock Sorry. at us. Go ahead. Uh, end of uh, harvest season, beginning of cattle season, three day long festival. Uh, what we do know is like they would gather, they would make offerings with food, apples, nuts, and stuff like that. The druids, who were like the holy men of the time, Dude, freaking wild. We could talk about them for hours. They would light these insanely big fires. And the reason why they would light them is to ward off any evil spirits. Because the Celts also believed that this plane of existence we're in right now is split with a veil. And on one side is like the living and the other side is all the dead. All the fairies, all the demons, all the magic folk. And throughout the year, that veil lifts or gets super thin. Hmm. And so the 28th, 29th, and the 31st, that was Sal Salwin. What is it? Let me look it up real quick. While you're looking that up, I, I'm curious as to like certain aspects of Halloween, like if it dates back as far as like the actual holiday or uh, event, like pumpkins, you know? Kind of. Like broomsticks, remember? Oh. So. So their ritual is called Samhain. 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 Um, like I said, this period of time, like, spirits are running around. Spirits throughout the year, like, capture people and take them. And so this, this time of the year is, like, the only time you can get those people back. Um, there's, like, a super famous oral story that they tell. Yeah, th throw another log on the fire, my dude. Yeah, I got you. A super famous story was uh, there is like a fairy queen who took this woman's lover, kidnapped him, took him away, and she like famously rescues him during Samhain or October 31st. Uh, anyway, the druids, they light these huge fires to ward off any evil spirits because the veil's so thin, everyone needs to be extra careful. And... Uh, these demonic spirits are running around, good spirits are running around. So a lot of the people would like put on disguises or costumes to like trick them and keep them away. Yeah. They would make offerings um, to like hopefully earn them some good points to keep them away. Um, and that's like what we know. Hmm. I watched a ton of different videos and there was this... Uh, the costumes help with like aid in scaring away those spirits. Or just like disguise too. Either scaring or disguise. Huh. Disguise, like, for what? Uh, just so that you... So Not this, to get got. So, yeah, yeah. The because they can kidnap you or yeah. take you. Oh, okay. That's tight. So this goes on thousands of years, and all of a sudden the Europeans come over, and they're Catholic, so they have saints. And they celebrate something on November 1st called um, All Hallowed Eve, which is where you just, like, you worship all the saints. So Samhain and the Celts, they're worshiping ancestors and spirits. The Europeans, they're worshiping saints. And so in order to like unify everyone and like bring them together, they basically just took a ton of the Samhain tradition and just like updated it. And we were like, no more spirits, we worship saints. So it became All Hallowed Eve or All Hallows Eve. Uh, from there, it stayed in Europe and it's pretty much the same thing. They were just doing like offerings and stuff like that and running around. Uh, and then Puritans came over to the United States. And they're not That's down. where Hershey's gone and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Hershey. I see. I see the dots connecting. That's exactly. where the trick comes in. 
Ooh. Up until this point, it's been treat. Yep. And now we're about to get tricked. Uh, Puritans came over. They're not down with the Saints. They're not down with, like, anything that's wild because they're squares. And so they're like, we're not worshiping Halloween at all. Like, we're not about it. So it basically died in America. And then this super cool thing happened to my ancestors and Sean's ancestors <laughs> called the uh, potato famine <laughs> over in Ireland. And so, <laughs> dude, the biggest don't trick. laugh at that, Kevin. The biggest trick. Yeah, the biggest troll ever. Um, and so a million Irish people immigrated over to America. And they're like, you Puritans, kind of lame. We should start Halloween because it's lit. And that's when Halloween came over. Dude, I watched like 30 videos and they all like disagree with each other. So some people said Halloween was pretty intense back in the day. It was a super dangerous time of the year. Like army of children would go around and just like F up people's dude, homes. Lord of the Flies. Yes, dude. They were hut. like lawless and everyone's afraid in the town. So everyone's like, dude, we've got to do something. They would like vandalize homes, break windows, like, like light purge. things on fire. Yeah. And so they started like offering uh, treats and they're like, please just take like these pies. <laughs> please leave us alone. It was extortion. They were yeah. like, please leave us alone. And that's kind of like where it started. Cool. And then the huge like corporations got involved and it turned slowly turned into like what we know today is Halloween. Yeah. Uh, I watched a very Christian. So the most common like YouTube video I watched all day was like, should Christians practice Halloween? Which is an interesting question because if you think about it, it, it's like roots are very interesting. I'm all for it. I'm all whatever. Teach their own. But uh, this pastor was like, he retold the history of Halloween and he's like, dude, the Celts, you know, uh, Stonehenge. Yeah. I did not verify this. So, but he was like over 4,000 bodies have been found under Stonehenge and they would have like a mass human sacrifice every Halloween to like call upon the powers of darkness and like bring them to the earth and stuff. Uh, he said they would like, okay, this is a warning. This is going to get a little dark, (laughs) you know, like bobbing for apples. Yeah. He said the Druids would take a huge cauldron. Is that a Halloween thing? Bobbing for apples? Yeah. The America. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up there. <laughs> not in Hawaii. Yeah, not in Hawaii. <laughs> Bobbing for pineapple yeah. in, in the ocean. Yeah. It's called surfing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said what the Druids would do is they would get a huge black cauldron, and they'd fill it with apple cider, and they'd slowly bring it to a boil, and they would line up ten people. They'd say, do any of you want to live? And the people would be like, yes. And so he would say, you have to bob for an apple. And if you can get an apple out of the cider on your first try, we'll let you go. Does anyone want to go? And then someone would be like, I'll go. And they like dive in and instantly it's just boiling cider. Sorry, this is dark, y'all. <laughs> boiling out their eyes, going down their throat, going crazy. And they would do their best to bring the apple out. And if they did, they'd let them go. But if they didn't, instantly kill them, throw them in a huge wickerman, light it on fire. Man. <laughs> Was that Nick Cage? <laughs> That's honestly like what... Not the bees. It's based off of, yeah. yeah not the, the Nick bees. Cage movie, Wicker Man. <laughs> anyway, that whole ramble was just basically to tell you there's like 60 different stories of the origin of Halloween. Yeah. So go do your own research. Yeah. So many fun different stories. Uh, but it's like a spiritually charged time of the year, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, and not just in one religion or culture, but like 
all over the world. You yeah. see it. So while everyone's out there celebrating Halloween, just be careful. Keep your wits about you. Hmm. But have fun. I wonder how, uh, like in Mexico, they have Dia de los Muertos. Dude. Did I nail that pronunciation? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were Mexican. Um, I wonder how that ties in. Because it's during the same time of the year. So, well, if I, I If you learned anything from Coco... Um, Credible source. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Honestly, we should... If, if we have any Mexican friends out there, listeners, hit yeah. us up. We'd love to know. I forgot uh, something else the Celts would do. And you've mentioned it before, but... During this time... They believe it's the only time like their loved ones can come back and kind of commune with them and be with them. So any meal they have, they set an extra spot and they like put food on the plate and like completely welcome them as if they're there. And don't you have a grandpa or grandma who did that? Yeah. Yeah. She would make extra food for her husband who had passed and would leave it on the dinner table for him. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Thinking about uh, Ben. From last episode? Yeah talking about south africa it's like the culture is just like it's easy for americans to say like that's crazy like why would you believe that but over there like they're so connected not saying that we're disconnected but just their tradition the way they grow up it's the way i've grown up Mm -hmm. it's like why not you know like when someone passes on they're not gone yeah yeah no i love that uh, there's a lot of cultures. I, I think the Maori culture is really into ancestry and the worship of ancestry. And like you see it in their tattoos, you see it in their marae or their temple. I can't remember the name for it. Yeah, I think it's marae. Uh, but the carvings are all their ancestors coming together to hold up like the structure of the temple. Yeah. Which is super dope. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. We've talked about it before. Favorite Halloween memories? Yeah. Me I love just like the lawlessness of it. At least for me, it was like, you have full reign. Your parents would be like, all right, like, go, you know, yeah. and bring back some candy. Yeah. And so me and my, like, my, the, the absolute best time I had was going and celebrating Halloween in Las Vegas with my cousins, with Seth. Hmm. And they had scouted all the spots they knew, like, where the best places were. And we just, like, sprinted from house to house. And we came back with a full pillowcase full of candy. Like so much candy, it lasted us a whole, an entire year. But I don't know, I just love that aspect of it. So I can't wait to have kids so I can kind of rekindle that because as you get older, you lose parts of it. Yeah. Halloween growing up, especially as a kid, felt like a time where you could like be anyone, like be anyone you wanted, mm. like via your costume. And yet I was Dracula six years in a row. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, you could be anyone, but every year yeah. it'd, be, it'd get like the 29th. My mom's like, dude, what do you want to be? It's like, the count. <laughs> Just bring them out, dude. I'd draw a little widow's peak on and do white face. Mine were pretty run-of-the-mill costumes growing up. Nothing too, like, it was pretty normal. Like, started with Power Rangers when I was a kid. Dude, and what color? I, like a ninja. What color? Blue. Oh, because yeah. oh, you're Tongan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because I'm Tongan. Yeah. That's a good one. If you're yeah. Salmon, it'd be Red Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. all know why. That's hilarious. What were you? Yellow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> I wish, dude. I'd be so lucky. <laughs> uh, dude, that's hilarious. Dude, remember when, like, <laughs> homeless person was an acceptable costume? <laughs> Do you remember that? It's for those who like procrastinate as well, but it's like, what should you be? It's like, I don't know, go grab 
the crappiest dad's clothes yeah. and like be a homeless person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is so fun. I could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be homeless. Yeah. Dude, honestly though, like if you were homeless, you should have taken advantage of it and just go trick-or-treated every, every, uh, oh, with all the other trick-or-treaters. I think of that. Just be like, hey. That's crazy. I'm already dressed up. <laughs> yeah, myself. Anyway. <laughs> do you want to jump into stories? Yeah, let's do it. Do you remember the first, like, scary story you heard? Yeah, about night marchers. You Like, Bro, in general? Did you see the video today that I posted? Yeah, uh, Radio Rental is covering it. Dude, shout out Radio Rental and Payne Lindsay. Um, not saying they copied us. Uh, but we were first. I don't Not know. Up until we made up scary stories. Up so. until today, I haven't heard anybody cover night marchers. Yeah, it's very weird yeah. to hear someone else do it who's not Hawaiian. You know? No, I'm just kidding. Um, night marchers are a very marginalized group of uh, <laughs> spooky, cryptids, spooky things. You yeah, know? they're not even on the list of cryptids. Dude. Yeah, that's so rude. Uh, for those who don't know, my, night marchers. Like, give a brief background on it. We've talked about it before, so go and listen there. No. Uh, night marchers are... Uh, Someone's like sitting at their phone like, well, F you, dude. <laughs> night marchers are from Hawaii. Uh, they're the the spirits, the ghosts of Ali'i, and Ali'i is royalty. <clears throat> so the Ali'i would just travel around the island uh, with a whole procession, uh, the royal court. They'd have drummers going. Now you can see, or the legend goes, you could see the night marchers... Uh, like their line of torches, them marching throughout the mountains. And if you get in their way, they'll kill you. And there's only one way to escape it. Dude, don't brush over. They do a very specific thing that is terrifying. Uh, what do you want to hear first? How they kill you or how to escape it? How they kill you. Yeah, okay. So, uh, allegedly, people have been found in the path, in the pathway of night marchers. Their eyes rolled back, uh, skin white, which is which crazy because we're brown. <laughs> you know? uh, and their fingers, all of their fingers. Like if it was Sean, I'd be like, oh, yeah. the skin's the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Tanner. <laughs> Sorry. Um, skin white and their fingers bent all the way back. Did you know the game Mercy? <laughs> yeah. The Night March was like. They invented that. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way you avoid that is you strip yourself naked. Don't look them in the eye because that's a form of disrespect. And you're supposed to pee yourself. Dude, that's that? what we were taught growing up. That's and why we do you pee on taught. yourself? Uh, beyond like, it's just showing that... The only thing I can think of it is just showing that you're below them. So, like, showing your humility? Yeah, I'd like to, like, take off my clothes, fold them neatly, and then soil myself. <laughs> that way I have clean clothes to get into. But you... if you do it clothes on, then kill me, you know? <laughs> Bend those fingers. <laughs> Bend my fingers. <laughs> Phalange my langes, dude. Uh, this all came up because I was asked, like, what's your first scary story you heard? And it was Night Marchers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time you heard these, your little brain was exp like, your mind was blown, right? Yeah, I I didn't sleep in my room, which was on the second floor, uh, for 
like a couple days. Like I would sit at the bottom of the stairs. I was like five years old. And your parents like, get up to, to like, bed. Go to bed. And I just screaming, crying, bawling tears coming down my face. I'm like, nah. Because you looked at the dark stairs. <laughs> so scared. That was, uh, yeah. But then what happened? Then I, then I grew up. No. Remember you went to sleep? Oh, yes. Yeah. So if you're in the path of night marchers um, and you're unconscious, they'll take you with them. And people have fallen asleep unknowingly in like in the way of this path and woken up elsewhere so i remember falling asleep as a kid oh man guys there's cars driving by you're gonna have to deal with it yeah (laughs) i remember falling asleep as a kid in my room and waking up outside in my yard so i don't know that's like that happened once so I can't say that was Night Marchers. I had never actually seen Night Marchers or heard drums, seen torches even. Um, so I don't know how that happened. I don't think those dots are, are connected. Do you remember like waking up? Yeah. What was it like so disorienting? I wasn't, uh, I wasn't scared. I think I was like really groggy, like couldn't really comprehend anything. So it was already like early morning. Sun was coming up. But I just, I remember... You're just in the taro patch in the backyard? (laughs) I remember going to the front door and, like, banging on it because it was locked. (laughs) Locked? Yeah. And uh, I don't remember past that. Whoa. But that was, that's when I was, like, four. Like, really, really young. Maybe your parents got rid of you. Maybe. (laughs) I am adopted, so... (laughs) (laughs) So is my mom. Um... Dude, that's crazy. The first, oh, Radio Rental, like where that all ties in, first scary story you heard, but Radio Rental today posted a video. I think someone was either like running a marathon, I have no idea, but they were in Hawaii and they were filming, and when they got back, they looked at the footage. Have you guys seen it? Dude, have you seen it? Did you watch it? Yeah. It's unnerving. Yeah, they're in like thick, thick, like... Bush. vegetation oh yeah. jungle jungle <laughs> and this howley lady is just walking around and someone's like innocuously i don't even know if that's the right word just filming but then later on they slowed it down and they zoomed in and out of thin air a figure is walking and it's moving towards them and the figure is terrifying it's not even like a, a shadowy figure no it's like <laughs> it's like somebody did blackface dude <laughs> No, like dead ass. Like, wait, how do you say? It's crazy looking. Yeah, have, uh, do you have the picture? Yeah. The yeah. video. Show them. Can you show it's, them? It's wild. Um, it's an actual human. Like, there's no second guessing. Yeah. It's an actual human, and uh, very it's crazy. Weird. It's really weird, but it's awesome that like n- night marchers are finally kind of getting some shine. Because I feel like this is kind of going viral. People are sharing it. One of the crazy things about that is like none of them knew. Like, they all went on the rest of their day and didn't notice till after the fact. Dude, but I didn't see that. Not, not, not in the moment. I think they saw it later they saw it when in they the looked footage, at the footage. Yeah. It's like that video of uh, recently, like, some, uh, like, ring camera, like, the security uh, doorbell camera. Caught a video of a mountain lion uh, hiding in their front yard, and this jogger just goes right <gasps> by, like, five feet away from the mountain lion because it's hiding behind a bush. And, like, jogger had no idea that he oh. was... Like five feet away from a mountain lion. 
Dude, I think about that all the time, like how close you are to like mortal danger and you're just oblivious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I bet it's more than Happens you think more. and more than you want yeah. to know. <laughs> Not a ton, but yeah, more than you think. But Dude, I when I was like six, I was in the basement of my grandma's house and all my older cousins are downstairs and they're all the cool cousins. Yeah. And I just idolize all of them. They're super old and mature. They're like 14. My cousin Amy was telling the, the room a story and it was dead silent. Everyone was so afraid. And I had like army crawled in. I was like on the right side of the couch. And she starts to talk about how this haunted house, they captured a picture and in the photo, they, Charlie, what are you doing in here? Get out. And they saw me and they all were like, get out, go upstairs. And I was like, wait, what, what's in the photo? Wait. <laughs> And they made me go upstairs, and to this day, I have, like, no idea how that story no. ends. <laughs> Zero closure. Dude, they Patreoned me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to pay your $2. Yeah. I came it. back with eight quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Deliver me thine story. There is a huge spider. Oh, my God. There's a fat spider right next to your foot. I think what, it's a daddy like, long leg, so it's fine. Okay, go away. Like, we've never been outdoors before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of capturing things in video that you didn't know were there, uh, my buddy Omar. Orbs. No. <laughs> this one's Specks way crazy. Dust. My buddy Omar, he has family members who have a house down in Mexico. And I can't remember where exactly in Mexico. I'll find out from them. But they're visiting. They're at this house. And like a tsunami's going on. It's torrential rain pour. It's in the middle of the night. How the room is set up, it's like a box. On the left side of the room is the bed. And the ed end of the room is a huge sliding glass door. So you can like look out hmm. and you see like palm trees. And I think there's like ocean or something. Yep. Insane rainfall. Insane lightning. So the lady's woken up. It's around 3 a.m. He told me this and he was like, I'm not joking. And she's like, oh my gosh, like, this is so crazy. It's like, it like thinks tsunami. It's like, and the trees are like this. And it's like the windows are vibrating and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's pitch black, but every once in a while, the lightning lights up the entire room. And she thinks, this is crazy. I've never seen rain like this back home. I'm going to film it. So she gets her camera out and she starts filming out the window. And you see the tray. You can't see anything. It's completely pitch black until the flash of the lightning and it lights up everything and you just see the trees swaying like this and she sits there for a good five minutes at the window and then she goes and backs up and sits in a chair at like the opposite end of the room looking out the window right films for 15 minutes and is like i'll show everyone in the morning i'll show them when we get back home they get back home and she talks to her son she's like hey can you help me upload this video so i can share it with people i want to show them how crazy the rain was and they uploaded the video to youtube and when they watch it back, they notice something they didn't notice when they were, when she was filming it. The entire time, the husband was in the bed, asleep. Until the very end of the video, he sits up and he goes, hey, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm filming the rain. But about halfway through the video, when it lights up, as clear as day, you see someone standing in the middle of the room. And it just goes, and you see them there for one flash, and then it's gone. Hmm. And then it flashes again, and he's like right in front of the camera. 
and then near the end of the video, you see two men standing like on both sides of the of the hmm. glass door. So they upload it to YouTube and they review it, and I am getting destroyed by the smoke. <laughs> they review it, and they freak out because she was like, "I saw none of this while I was filming," and he has the video <laughs> that I will. <laughs> he has the video. That I will show you next time because <laughs> I don't have I need, it with me. I need to see that video, dude. It freaked me out. Like, I was watching it in the office, broad daylight, and I had goosebumps. It was truly huh. terrifying. That is terrifying, <laughs> and I'm crying because of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, uh, dude. But anyway, should we jump into stories? Yes. Guys, this is fun. If you're listening at home, we are out in the forest, in front of a fire. Did we bring our dice? No. Row Shambo? Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of? Proud of because you put in the work. And the other person put in the work as well. Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made. Honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find. Uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself. And we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3 a.m. today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. Rochambeau. Shoot. Oh. oh. How do you do it in Hawaii? Teach me your ways. We do it Japanese. Oh, how do you do it? John Ken Po. I should know this. Okay, ready? John Ken Po. So you go first. Okay. No, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. Okay, my stories tonight come to us from a repeat storyteller. Do you remember Christy who sent in the story about the Mexican clay doll? Yes. So I was hanging out with her all day today. She was also with our market marketing team doing research. <laughs> and she shared a couple more stories. So Christy, I kind of like am getting a better picture of her background. She's one of those people who the veil is way thinner. Things happen around her. She's insanely perceptive to vibes. So she had a story once where her, her aunt was trying out foster care and had a, a kid who was kind of a troubled youth. And Christy was visiting and she walked in the house and instantly she said, something's wrong. She's like, I'm not going in there. She left. And she's like a young girl. Um, she's like, I, I can't hang out there. I got to go home and went home later come to find out that troubled youth 
was performing like seances and stuff and actively trying to seek out demonic spirits. So that's just the type of person she is. She meets people, and right away she gets a feel, she gets a vibe. And uh, these type of people, like, things happen around them, right? She even said at one point in her life, she, she like, made a group of friends down in L.A. who were like her, who were sensitive. And, like, together they learned how to, like, block the effects of, like, outside spirits, right? Okay. So anyway, let's go back in time. Christy's a teenager. She said she was dating a guy and uh, she was also, she was house sitting at the time. This guy, super into her. While she's house sitting, it's like for a family friend. Pretty easy gig. She just has to make sure the house doesn't burn down, feed the dog once or twice, and that's it. She gets to hang out, comfy couch all to herself, watch movies whenever she wants. So it's nice. She enjoys doing it. Um, she said she was dating this guy for a while, and during that time, he was going through a lot. Like, he was an awesome dude, but he had this side of him that was very difficult for her and for him. He was going through something, and she didn't really know what it was at first. So she's watching this house. She's home alone. Uh, she's freaked out so she calls up boyfriend and says hey come over let's watch a movie let's just hang out so he comes over they start a movie she lays down she's like leaning against him and they're watching a movie and she feels better but something's there something's weird and she slowly falls asleep fast asleep she sits bolt straight up, upright, and looks directly at the pitch black glass sliding door that's like right in front of them in the living room. She said she was like fast asleep, nothing, and then all of a sudden, terror, like she's never experienced, like goes through her whole body. And instinctually, she just shot up and looked at the door. The exact same moment, the dog hops up. The entire back fur is like straight up and the dog loses it. It is freaking out and it's barking at the door, at the glass door. And she said, I couldn't see anything, but it was like, I could feel something was right on the other side of the glass. And she's like, I've never been that scared in my life. I have no idea what it was. And she's laying there freaking out like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And she looks and her boyfriend stone face just staring straight forward and she said she knew something was wrong after that night they talked on the phone a couple times and she said she'd be talking to him and it was like a switch he would be sweet he'd be talking to her and then all of a sudden it was dark low and like angry and he started saying things she said that didn't make sense but they felt evil and I pushed her a little bit. I was like, 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 what was he saying? And it sounds weird, but how she perceived it at the time was demonic. She said, it, I don't know how to explain it, but I knew it was demonic. The only phrase she told me he said on the phone in a dark voice was like, I'm hungry. 
like he would just be talking about something else and then he would switch turn and in a dark like voice he'd just be like i'm hungry and then say like a ton of other things that didn't make sense that's the only phrase she told me she said like soon after that uh they were not dating and she actually contacted like a youth or a church leader that she knew he was kind of close to Hmm. and she was like something's going on you need to help him yeah uh from what it sounds like, they didn't really interact a whole lot after that. It was just, like, too much for her to be around, especially being sensitive to vibes. But he eventually, like, got help, got steadier, and, like, figured some things out. Um, but that was, like, one of her stories. Oh, she has multiple. She has one more. Dude, she had, like, four or five, which I'll tell some other time. But she said that one was, like, the clearest and most distinct experience she has of like uh like on a subconscious level being terrified Hmm. and she knew something was wrong she said she was dead asleep and all of a sudden she was like something's here something's wrong her other story uh christy's now like in her 20s she's in her career she owns her own townhouse she's living large i'm just kidding um and she's home alone it's late at night she's going through a nightly routine she brushes her teeth. She uh, says her prayers and then gets in bed. And just a note, it was stormy. So the wind is howling outside. The rain's coming down. But that's fine. If anything, that was like helping her fall asleep faster, that white noise. And as she's laying in her bed, head hits the pillow. It's silent. When all of a sudden her door shakes. And she said it wasn't just like a she said it sounded like someone grabbed the handle and was like violently. Yes. So she sits up in her bed and stares at the door and it's still. Does it again. And she's like, dude, that has to be the wind. Like a door has to be open in the house. A window has to be open. So bravely, she hops out of bed, goes and checks, opens the door, looks on the other side, nothing. Goes throughout the whole house. Every window is closed. Every door is locked. And she said it wasn't, she didn't have a weird vibe until that second. When she realizes it's not the wind, but something else shook her door. So she sprints back to her room, slams the door, locks it. She backs up slowly and she's staring at the door. And again, it's late at night. She grabs her phone. She calls her boyfriend. Get here now. Something's happening. Get here right now. He's like, what's going on? What's going on? You know, he's sleeping. Please just come here now. I need you right now. Okay, I'll be right there. Jumps in his car. She said, like, the entire time after that, her door almost nonstop is like... (laughs) And in between knocks, in between the shaking, something keeps tapping. (laughs) She said she's just bawling. She, like, she's like, I straight up became a little child, threw the sheets over my head, and I was bawling. Eventually, her boyfriend got there calls her and is like let me in she's like i can't i can't get out of the bed you have to find a way so he had to break into a window 
breaks into the window, comes upstairs, and she went and stayed with him for like a week. That's like the extent of her, her story. She's like, I have no idea what it was. I have no idea what happened. She never had an experience again like that. Uh, but watching her tell it, she was like, I think I told this last time when I, when she, I retold one of her stories, but she like relives it. You can see it like take a physical, emotional toll on her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Her eyes are so wide and she's like putting herself back in that situation. Oh. Um, nothing too insane, but it's nonetheless like terrifying if that happened to you. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, those are Christie's stories. That's always, uh, it's always wild to see like people dig up their trauma. <laughs> and like, more. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the fact that you're able to like watch her tell it. Dude, it, it was intense. Yeah. Shout out Kendra. Cool. Kendra's a listener. She's been binge listening to our podcast for the last few weeks while at work. Loves it. She's also a patron. Thank you so much, Kendra. In the beginning of the email I was reading, she kind of goes through her experiences with the paranormal. And it's, it's a lot like a lot of our listeners and a lot of us. Like she talks about experiencing sleep paralysis, feeling feelings of like darkness or fear. And then hard cut, she goes, do you guys believe in the Grim Reaper? <laughs> For some reason, dude. Actually, I know. Why? It freaked me out. Even just that statement. Because we all are familiar with the figure of the Grim Reaper, but uh, to actualize it and actually consider it to be like a real thing is like a whole new ballpark. We've never gone into that. Uh-uh. Ever. Like, what's the origin I don't Where know. does that come from? Is that a like a specific culture or? I don't know. We got to do our research. But uh, what's super weird is yesterday I was talking to a guy who I think we're going to try to get to come onto the podcast. And he says, yeah, my buddy, um, since he was a kid, he's been haunted. He uh, He's always had this thing follow him. To the point where his friends would not allow him to spend the night. They would all get together. They would be playing video games. They'd have pizza. They're like, all right, we're going to go to bed. Jason. Bye. Go home. <laughs> that sucks. Because yeah. whatever it was, was like, they all knew it was a thing. Yeah. And it followed him since he was a child. At least he didn't have to go home alone. <laughs> He's like, yeah, come with me. Grabs there. The story is when he, when he was a baby in his mom's stomach, she w- was really into the Ouija board. That's the story that they all, they all like knew as kids. Hmm. But when he was a teenager, he's sitting on the couch, disposable camera or like super early digital camera. They took a photo of the room and it's the most clear time they caught whatever it was on film. And the kid, kid who was telling me this yesterday goes, dude, hold on, wait, wait, I'm going to try to get the photo. Text his homie. 15 minutes later, we're talking about something completely else. And he goes, he just sent me the photo and just goes like this. I don't know how I feel about the photo. First, let me explain, or let me describe it. Super candid 90s, they're all just like, or early 2000s, they're all just like chilling on a couch. Hmm. He's in the corner and he's just like sitting there and insanely clear, right behind him is just a cloaked figure. Like a smoky white cloaked figure. Hmm. You can almost see a face like where it would be. And it looks exactly like the Grim Reaper. It's so weird. Immediately, I was like, that's Photoshop. 
he swears it's not they all swear it's not and they swear there's like multiple occurrences of this thing being in photos with them hmm. i don't know so anyway that happened yesterday and then today i read this story and just like hard cut she was like do you guys believe in the grim reaper i was like this is weird and she tells this story of her three-year-old daughter so kendra lives right by her sister and her mom they're like next door neighbors and while Kendra works, her three-year-old daughter goes and hangs out at grandma's house with auntie, right? So they watch three-year-old daughter while Kendra's at work. At some point, the auntie falls and breaks her, her foot. And this starts a series of events where she's going to and from the hospital, having multiple surgeries getting an infection and her health declining. So now Kendra is over there all the time doing anything she can to help out because her sister's like falling ill. So they start staying over at grandma and auntie's house. At some point, the three-year-old refuses to go into the hallway. Previous to this, previous to this like whole foot surgery thing, it has never been an issue. She's played in there. You have to walk through there to go to the bathroom. She's like, before this, never an issue. But for some reason, auntie's sick. She refuses to go into the hallway to the point where they're carrying her and walking and she tries to jump out of the arms, screaming, crying. And they ask her like, what's going on? And the only thing they can get out of her is she keeps saying, scare me, scare me. It's scare me. Like it's scaring me? Yeah. Damn. They have no idea what it is. Yeah. At first, she also says, let me preface this. My three-year-old daughter is not the most imaginative child. She's very practical and straightforward. She plays with her dolls and whatnot, but she's never had like an imaginary friend. She's never come to me with like weird, fantastical stories. She's pretty like a straightforward kid. At the time, they just have so many other things on their mind. This doesn't really stand out to them. So they're just like, all right, don't go in the hall, whatever. Auntie starts getting better. And so they're like, they start relaxing. And then all of a sudden, one day, aunt passes away. Something happened. Her health just went down super fast and she passed away. And the second she passed and they like took her away, the girl had zero issues with going in the hall. And she said, this is when grandma and me both noticed and we were both freaked out and to them and what they felt and how they understood it is they were like dude we think something was here and knew that auntie was going to die and she could feel it because the second she passed and left it was like nothing was wrong nothing nefarious with auntie i don't think so no i think auntie like wasn't into any weird stuff not trying to come out with like my guns blazing. But oh, know. she was a witch. Um, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but just very interesting. And she said, super unfortunately, soon after this, grandma passed away. And she said similar things were like, she noticed a difference in her daughter days before her grandma passed, almost as if she knew. Uh, and it's like the first time we've talked about the Grim Reaper. So I'd be super interested in going into that a little bit more. Yeah. And like seeing like omens of death or 
Like, if, what's the cultural basis of the Grim Reaper? I have no idea. <laughs> wow. But anyway, shout out Kendra. Thanks for being a patron. Thanks for sending those in. Yeah, thank you very much. Crazy. Is that you? That's me. All ten of those stories. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's really good. Um, have you ever heard of Hoya Bachu? That's a name I feel like you would either remember or it's like, this is probably the first time you're hearing of it. Hit me with it. Hoyobachu is a forest in Transylvania. Then heck no, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, my feelings on Transylvania, in studying the occult, in studying magic, in studying bloodlines, in studying like every dark thing, there are roots in Transylvania. And as stupid as that sound, as cartoonish as that sounds, it is insane to see how many things like lead back to Transylvania. Yeah. Like Elizabeth Bathory, Transylvania. Uh, Vlad, Vlad the Impaler, the Impaler, Transylvania. Yeah. So how do you say the name again? Hoya Bachu. Oh, that sounds like a evil spell. Yeah, Hoya Bachu is uh, when you look at a like world's creepiest forest like it's right next to like the suicide forest in japan and all that and how fitting that we are sitting in the forest <laughs> yeah i wanted to find something uh, related to the woods so hoyabachi is where i landed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of history and not only until about 50 years ago was it start starting to gain more public traction uh, mostly because of the fall of like the communist regime in Romania uh, after World War II, people uh, internationally uh, was catching wind of Hoyabachu. Prior to to that, there are a handful of well-known stories throughout Romania about the force, and I want to share some of those stories. For the record. Over a thousand people have gone into Hoyabachu and nobody knows where they, where they are. They've gone missing. Like officially, like on record, missing. And last known location is this forest. So bad juju all around. Yeah. One of the famous stories of Hoyabachu is a girl in the early mid 1900s who was playing near the forest, went into the forest, they never saw her until five years later, she came back out completely unscathed, wearing the exact same clothes and did not age. Dude, this is like ancient 411. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to why I haven't heard more about this, especially like thinking about David Politis and like missing 411 and how much he like investigates cases similar to this. So that's like one of the, the famous stories in Romania about Hoyabachu is that girl who came out and kind of like slipped out of time for those five years, seemingly. Another one similar is one of a, a shepherd went into Hoyabachu for whatever reason uh, with his sheep, and he had about 200 sheep. And him, along with his 200 sheep, all disappeared. He never came back like the girl. They just went missing. They sent in search parties to go look for him and his sheep. Nothing, not a trace. So this forest and because of like these 
kind of uh, like the nature of these occurrences like people have alluded to like there being portals in Hoyabachu and the whole forest itself yeah like what does it look like uh the, all the trees are I'm picturing like Fanghorn forest right now or like the forbidden forest <laughs> all the trees are like deformed they're all like they grow straight up and then they have like these weird curves in them and then they keep growing um so people talk about like there being like portals in the trees um I've heard there's a theory in the occult that demons draw power from trees. And that's why so many things happen in the forest. I feel like a lot of cultures believe in like trees having like spirits. Uh-huh. Like all over the world. Um, there's a specific spot in Hoyabachu that's supposed to be like the most evil part. And it's like this clearing in the shape of an oval. And scientists have come and like studied the grounds and like the soil is different nothing grows uh anything they try to grow there like is unsuccessful the surrounding trees are like rotting and like they don't they can't like find why you know it's like that mm. so they think that's like the center of the forest at least for like the source of the alleged evil within the it forest. was like fern gully dog yeah, yeah, Pocahontas. Not all trees are bad. Some of them are Mother Willow. Yeah. Or Avatar, the the blue people. Awa. Yeah. 1968. There's a military technician. When Kevin was born. Yeah. There's a military technician named Emil. During the middle of the day, he hears his name being called from his by his girlfriend in the forest. And she's not there? He follows the voice. And like all scary movies, he isolates himself. He's following the voice into this forest, and uh, he's getting further and further away from his friends. And he comes across the oval where nothing grows. And he looks up, and he sees something in the sky. And he has a camera. And he takes a picture. Like the picture is of a UFO. So I have the picture. Uh, we'll throw it up on the gram when this episode releases. But uh, that was, I think, the first like documented experience in Hoyabachu of like extraterrestrial forces, I guess, you know, being involved. Since then, like I said, uh, within the last 50 years or so, like paranormal investigators uh what's the show ghost hunters ghost hunters zach they've, Baggins. they've been there my boy zach yeah and uh yeah they've all like tried to stay we make our way to transylvania <laughs> yeah exactly to explore the forest of hibachi grill <laughs> <laughs> the the locals around hoyobachu uh, avoid this forest like the plague like the only people who go in are like travelers <laughs> you know people like us who are trying to go in uh except for two guys and uh they run like a tour kind of company where you can pay them to take a day trip or camp overnight with them Hell nah. and they'll take you around the forest no way would you do it i th i think i would let me be sean Yes, I would do it. <laughs> Dude, you'd camp overnight 
in the Hamachi. Hamachi. Hoyobachi. Hoyobachi. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I would. With friends. I'd go with friends. But the kid who started, or the dude who started this tour company, uh, his name's Alex. And I was reading an interview with Alex. And he's talking about his experiences in the forest. And this is, you know, recent within the last five, 10 years. He said, by far the creepiest thing that happened to me while I was there was on a small expedition. Uh, We camped overnight. We set up camp long before dark, made dinner, uh, and got all of our sightseeing done while it was still light out. But by the time darkness fell, we were in our tents, ready to go to bed. Said I woke up in the middle of the night because I heard heavy hoofs right outside my tent. Sounded like a horse or a large deer was right outside, its hoofs pummeling into the ground, into the dirt. And he had never heard that before, at least in that, that forest. And he said, why, why am I hearing a horse right now? Alex said, I got out of my sleeping bag as quietly as possible, crawled over to the tent door, and I wanted to look through the door, you know, like the net, mm. uh, the window, to see, you know, we all know, this thing outside. Camping tents are super quiet. And this thing is still, he can still hear the hoofs right outside of his tent. He grabs the zipper handle, and the hoofs stop. So he goes further. He looks out, he doesn't see anything. Grabs his flashlight, opens the tent door, steps outside, looks around, nothing. Looks at the ground, no hoof marks, no footsteps, nothing. Alex said that was the scariest thing that I I encountered. Um, Along with that, he had photos that he's taken of himself in the forest and you could see like people in the trees, in the background behind trees, uh, just kind of shrouded in the shadows. Um, I tried finding those pictures. I don't know if he posted it. He must be keeping it for his tours. <laughs> but that's the, uh, that's the story of Hoyabachu, uh, the, the forest of Transylvania. Dude, that sounds so cursed. <laughs> that's unreal. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I've never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. Um, I loved the, my favorite one was, was the sheep and the girl. The girl one is wild. Yeah. What the heck is that? Five years later? Yeah. There is something with force. We've talked about this so many times before, but it's like a universal theme amongst cultures, every continent. They warn their kids to stay away from the forest. You could argue that's like evolutionary, uh, protection to stay away from large cats or like predators and stuff. But they also have themes all around the world of like, if you hear your name getting called, don't go in. We know people who specifically were taught by their grandparents. If you see us standing at the edge of the forest, waving you in, do not go. Cause it is not us. I think about, um, when we got to go hang out with Tristan and his, his family mm-hmm. and hear from his mom, this, or was it his grandma? I think it was his grandma. She's a young girl over in like Laos 
in the jungle. And she said she's like working in the plantation or something. She's outside, maybe in the rice field. Three figures step out of the, the bush. They step out of the jungle. And instantly her like, she doesn't recognize them, which is weird. She knows everyone in the village. So she's kind of curious and she's watching. And she said the smallest one in the back stopped. They're all in black cloaks walking down the, the dirt path in the jungle. And she said the one in the back, the smallest one stops. And almost as if it knew she was looking at it, turns right around and looks her in the eye. And with no fluff, with like no ulterior motive, she just goes, uh, it was me. Like the small figure was me and it was looking at me. And she said it just waved at her and she ran back to her house. But they, dude, she had so many stories about the forest. Mm -hmm. And it being almost as if like the forest sets up traps. Which is crazy because like nature is beautiful. Forest is beautiful. I believe, you ever heard the term forest bathing? Is that like when you ground yourself kind of? Yeah. In the same realm? Yeah, there's like studies over in the Netherlands and stuff where like trees give off a chemical called terpenes. And the terpenes come and they float or they like stay in an area that's like three feet to six feet high is like where the biggest concentration of terpenes are. And for a human, it's insanely beneficial to like experience those. So if you're sick, they believe, some people believe you should go walk through the forest like as many times as you can and it will like heal you. So there's like so many like positive properties that it offers, but like so many pitfalls and dangers as well. Yeah. It's something to be feared, respected which is something I've always loved about camping. It's like, no matter where you are, when you're way out there, when you're in the forest, you realize, you realize, realize, no, you realize like the reality of where you kind of stand. Like if I break my ankle and I'm out there, it's like, there's a real possibility you could die. You know what I'm saying? And I think we're all so distanced from that in our everyday life. It's a good reminder. So I loved your story. I love that. How you feeling? Good. Freezing. Yeah. I'm chilly billy, it's dude. It's chilly. This has been a fun night. This was way fun. I want, I want to do this more. It feels like we're coming back to our roots. Kind of. Yeah. We, like, DJ and I have really long conversations about the, the aesthetic of 3 a.m. And, like, what's the story we want to tell? And really, like, at the core of everything is, like, imagine you're with your group of friends in the forest around a fire sharing stories. And that's at the core of like everything we've wanted to do and everything we hope to do in the future. So this was awesome. Shout out Lander. Yeah. Thank you. For Lander. Setting this up, putting this on. Yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for, for tuning in. Have a happy Halloween. We love you. Yep. Uh, trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. And as Sean would say, be careful out there. Yeah. And as Kevin would say, go to lander.com <laughs> code. 3 a.m. pod, 25% off. I legitimately am going to pick up like four of these lights. But anyway, love you all out there. We'll see you folks. Okay, bye. I'm freezing. I got to pee. <laughs> oh, my legs. Yeah. Thanks for braving through that. Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Carol Costello, a former CNN anchor and national correspondent. This January, I'm launching a podcast about one of the first cases I ever covered as a journalist. It's one that stuck with me all of these years, the one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. 
It's a true crime series about an amazing woman named Phyllis Cottle, who defied torture and death and brought a fierce rage to the quest to find her attacker. Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage is a production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at KillerPodcast.com. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.